watching it live right here and, uh, yeah so right here you always and get carried away with hello everyone and welcome to canadians with disabilities and their allies i'm just doing one of those almost breaking with brents because uh, <laughs> I've, I've got jennifer uh Rocchio joining me today and i'm the host for the show and welcome and here we go see there's a live broadcast right here it's live and in person so exciting to have you join, uh, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, joining you guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. It'll be interesting to hear everybody, you know, views on everything going on in our disability group. So I'm really thankful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And, and Brent, and Brent, did you, did you know what uh, next Wednesday is? Next Wednesday. Yeah. Oh. I bet, you, I, I bet you uh, Jen knows. What's yeah. Next, what's next it, Wednesday? Well, it's in, in uh, Indigenous Month. It's Indigenous in Canada. We celebrate our Indigenous culture. So it's a big deal. It's Indigenous Day in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. going to be celebrations all over, everywhere. It's going to be huge. So I, I'm really I just saw, I just saw that on my Google calendar. I was like, oh, I got I to gotta oh, mention wow. that to Jen. Yeah. Because and then. This is why I'm wearing red, you guys. I'm wearing red because of the missing and murdered um, Indigenous women and girls. Mm -hmm. So thing in public now, I wear like a red dress or I wear something representing, um, you know, our, our women, girls in LGBTQ and trans missing mm -hmm. people. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. very important, very, very important um, yeah. to, you know, to recognize uh the missing uh, Indigenous women uh, and then children across this beautiful country, um, and to recognize on that day, um, definitely, um, and everybody across the country, uh, if you are able to wear red, please like uh, yeah. recognize recognize uh, what's what's going on here. It's it you know it can affect so many people in in our lives and all around us every day. You know, and, and, and on the steps of our BC legislature, you know, they mm. have all those uh, stuffy toys and all those, uh, yes. all, all the flowers yep. and stuff. And it, it, and it really is eye-opening to see that, right? I mean, oh yeah, you, you just think, well, that's, that's kind of nice. You, you see that and you think, well, that's kind of nice. But then you really stop to think like that's, you know, we're mm -hmm. talking about murdered children here. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know it's um i i actually I, i've seen uh um all the uh the shoes and um mm -hmm. clothing that's well laid out 
and uh, right now there's construction going on there, but they do um, they do have that day set set for for putting um, you know all the uh, clothing out there too. Yeah, the shoes. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 sad. You know, it really is. Mm -hmm. So Jennifer, um, you know, you're you're joining us from uh, from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, it's great to you know to have you on and uh so anyone tuning in today um you know, jennifer is a very uh, passionate advocate too um you know uh, jennifer you you definitely uh like to see change happen and for the better for so many uh so many people and uh and like a lot of us uh we, we want to see so much better for for this country uh that is canada and we should be looking after our citizens in the country and uh and and talking about indigenous um, uh, lived experience, um, I like to kind of maybe focus on on that uh, for a little bit, and then we'll we'll talk about other um, sure. other things too. But it's more uh, about your lived experience, like um, so. We'll kind of focus in on the lived experience part of it first, and then we'll uh, kind of move on from there. So um, tell, tell me, uh, you know, if you want any in your words of um, like about who who, uh, who you are, and just so that people know uh, who Jennifer is. How you came to be your origin you story, Jennifer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I would be in our language. It would be um, Anine or Bozu, and then it would be um, Jennifer Disnikaz, and that is uh, my name is Jennifer, and I am a member of uh, Pine Creek First Nation. I am a sixty scoop survivor. I was uh, adopted out at birth into a non-indigenous culture. Uh, and I am a mother of two daughters. One is 29, the other one is 20, and divorced, thankfully, a domestic violence survivor, and a disabled person of Canada. So and a disability advocate, I would say, too, because I'm with you guys in all of our work for Bill C-22, and that's really important. And I also address mental health issues now. I'm a part of um, Mental Health Collective, and I do spaces on Twitter. I also um, participate um, in some domestic violence drives and some work with the homeless people in Manitoba. So I keep myself fairly busy. It's kind of um, a really good thing. And I'm starting to slowly get back into doing um, a lot of healing work with uh, different organizations, just my mm. own healing. And I'm really enjoying that. I've uh, made a bison drum. I've made an elk drum and oh. I've done eagle teachings and gone to uh, outside ceremonies. So I'm really grateful for the opp opportunity just to learn my culture because being raised, um, I was raised in a non-Indigenous by uh, Mennonite brethren, um, raised mother she is caucasian german descent and mm. my father is uh or my adoptive father is chinese and mm. i was raised in the chinese culture and not learning the language unfortunately but uh definitely the cooking so i'm really thankful for that opportunity so yeah um that's i guess a little bio scoop of me and wow. i'm in of doing some writing projects and some other things that I can't really say uh, right now because they're just beginning. Well, so, you can tell us. You can tell us. Come on. No, I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I to, but I can't. Not, not until yeah. things. Yeah, not yet, anyway. Yeah, yeah. In, in due process. 
And I'm also um, a lupus warrior. I ended up getting a chemotherapy treatment just recently and had another one six months prior and it's been successful. So now I am off the kidney uh, transplant list, which is a real miracle in itself. So the treatments are working and I am um, recovering from, I guess, a homeless bout last year. I was homeless for close to six months and in hospital for four months um, due to undiagnosed health issues. Mm. And one of the reasons why I got involved and I met you guys was because I was denied yet again from uh, CPP disability. They mm. did not accept my application. So one of the reasons why I got involved with you guys is it was like, well, if they're not, if they're doing this to me, they're denying other people. And I was marginalized and a homeless person living in shelters for months. So um, yeah, it was, you can't stay silent. You have to use your voice. So mm -hmm. really Almost, yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity. The last year has been very, very difficult. Um, but I'm very thankful that I've recovered or am in the process of recovering from heart and lung failure. Um, but mm. part of it is the systems. I think the oppression, mm. not just Indigenous people, but the oppression with marginalized uh, people in Canada, including homeless and especially disabled, because mm -hmm. some of the health conditions are permanent life conditions and you know, they're not being dealt with properly. So I think the best thing to do is what we can do in our fight with, you know, Bill C-22. So, you know, so I'm really thankful for being able to get to know you guys, get to know us with the group, even though there's been some challenges and changes. Mm -hmm. I'm, really, yeah. I'm really thankful to have the connection with you guys. So thank you. Yeah. Well, oh, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to, to quickly uh, touch on is, is uh, like, I know uh, for you, you can say that you're proud of your indigenous uh, culture, right? Absolutely. Um, but mm -hmm. but um, it's interesting, like, uh, I think it was about five years ago, I was on a, a radio talk show with somebody and uh, I was talking, because I used to work for uh, the Sam Sullivan Foundation. Um, and one of the things that they did, they did every year is they did an ability, abilities expo. And it was to kind of showcase uh, talents of people with disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I would I would sell my book there. I have, I have a book, my Daddy Bentley's book. It's a it's a memoir, mm -hmm. and um, so I would sell that there every year. And and but then I was on on the radio show, and I said, you know, it's kind of surprising to me because uh, he was saying, well, how's the, how's the turnout? How's the turnout of that every year? And I said, well, it kind of goes up a little bit every year, but it's kind of all this. I said, it's kind of always the same people there, right? It's always mm -hmm. like maybe, you know, 50, 60 people. It's always the same people. You never, you never really see um, too many different people. <laughs> and he said, mm -hmm. and he made, he made the point, and I, I know it sounds like I'm going off tangent, but I'm, I'm going to get mm -hmm. back there. <laughs> um, yeah. But he made the point that, uh, you know, it, it, it I think he said, I think it's because, um, you know, people aren't necessarily proud of having a disability, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, like we can be proud of our cultures and we can be proud of our, our racial heritage. We can be proud of a lot of things, but one of those things we're not really that proud of are, is our, is a disability, right? Because 
if you're if you have a disability, you're immediately marginalized. It's not something to totally celebrate, really. Mm -hmm. Um, and mm -hmm. I I can say that's true in my case. I mean, um, you know, like I respect my disability, and I I respect it as um, you know, something that God gave me to you know a, a challenge to work through. I respect it, but I'm not. I can't really say I'm proud of it, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. and I think that's. I think that that's an important difference. And so I was just uh, going to see what you kind of had to say about that. Yeah, uh, thanks. It's, it's, uh, it's so important to talk about. Yeah, that's a really, um, thank you for sharing, Neil. That's, um, that's really unfortunate. But I do um, empathize with you because I think a lot of people stigmatize people with disabilities mm -hmm. that Put us into sort of a category that we are not valued or mm -hmm. not appreciated for our skills mm -hmm. or just passed off like we're just similar to homeless people you know what i mean because yeah. Yeah. when it's almost like they want to try and get rid of us or just not hear about us because we don't matter to them you know so mm -hmm. it's almost like an elimination like if you cannot actually work physically or be with what they want you to be which is actually you guys have educated me on that that's mm -hmm. ableism right ableism. So, so they have this ableistic mindset that mm -hmm. we, we as people with disabilities have no value and we know that that's not true i mean look at the amazing yeah. job that you guys are doing with your podcast i mean yeah. this is amazing right like neil's yes. got skills He's not, you know, he's like not sharing because with all the audio and all the production, it's awesome. So, I mean, the thing is, is, is it's breaking stigma by action. That's what I believe. I think if you take an action on making a change and 99% of change is like our mindset on it, like just because someone thinks that I'm disabled and I'm useless, it doesn't mean that I'm useless. I'm still capable of doing some things within my ability. I think all we're asking for is just to be recognized. We have the same right to be here as mm -hmm. people who don't have disabilities and we should be treated equally. Cause I, I, trust me, I learned that when I went to Toronto on that trip that they don't respect people with disabilities, yeah. you know, people, cause I use a walker for my, for my breathing and for my, um, getting around because I get out of breath and stuff. So I'm with a walker and I'm on the TTC and people are literally like pushing my walker, not even, and I'm sorry, just like getting impatient, being actually outright rude. And I was wow. like, Hey, like I'm, I have just as right, much right to be here as you do. So mm -hmm. not afraid to speak up and say, Hey, I, I'm taking, and even in Winnipeg now, I take the public transit once in a while. And when I don't take handy transit and I take the public transit, I'm not going to shrink myself anymore. Yeah. You guys have to accept yep. me for being indigenous, for, for being disabled. This is who I am. And yeah. if you don't have a problem for it, get behind me. And that's where my butt is. And you guys, mm -hmm. that's you guys can be is behind me because I'm going to keep going, you know, um, but it's unfortunate. I think sometimes we get stuck because we're treated or mistreated like that too. You know, yeah. I think, I think that people can create such a 
fear with us because we are different. But I, I've been brought up to think that different is beautiful. So that's what our family, you know. No, I, the, I, I want to be careful. Yeah. Like, like I, I think that too. But, but what it, it just when he, when that radio host said that to me, it's like, you know, he's mostly right. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the fact that it, you know, having disability is not something that that is something to be proud of because it's often stigma stigmatized, right? And right. So. But it, it's on it's on but, who you are. Like you never change on who you are. It's on how the 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 system, right? Mm -hmm. It's on that the system wants people to mold to what they want, right? And now the system is the government. The government wants people to mold what they want. It's like the jobs plan. The jobs plan it is oh you gotta the disabled have to have a job because oh they're saying they need more money. Well, yeah, is is that the problem? Like no, and it's all about lived experience. So. They need yeah. to converse with the people in the country and talk about what are the issues. Is it, and you know, it doesn't matter which government gets in the power. I've noticed the theme: jobs plan, jobs plan, jobs plan, because that's what's going to get them the more money. Is is the job is the the healing process? No, no, it's not. Because if that was the case, um, the, everybody that was able to work would be working, right? Everyone has the opportunity of putting their own, um, if they're not able to work, they have other skills, they have other abilities in some way of putting it into the, into the, uh, their community. Like, is it, is it volunteering? Maybe they can only volunteer or they can only do certain things. Uh, yeah. And mm -hmm. I'll get you to kind of elaborate on maybe a little bit on that, Jennifer, like what's your view on, on that? Well, you know, as a, I, I volunteered myself and yeah. volunteered seven years for many evenings to work on a policy committee with the WRHA and on more than one different committee because they have three-year terms and I put in close to eight years with them mm -hmm. and we worked on policies such as the COVID-19 policy such as the marijuana policy and such as the patient relations one of the patient value policies so we were actually in the process of verbatim by word per word um, creating policies that are supposed to represent the people and it's really extremely unfortunate that um, so many people have been conditioned to think a certain way. And, I, yeah. and I'm sorry, Neil, that you actually ex um, experienced a really negative, um, ableistic person to actually type you and to actually diminish your, your personal self-worth because that is not a person who is educated, nor yeah. is that a person who, who has any empathy or compassion. That's well, a person- well, again, I'm I'm just kind of relaying more of what happened on the on the broadcast, and it kind of yeah. it just I'm just saying it kind of made me pause, and and to say that you know for the most part maybe that guy is right that that you know disability for the most part I don't think is really celebrated right, well, or, or or not or not celebrated in the way the way it could or should be that that I mean maybe I'm off base but I I just thought it was an inter interesting comment that he made. Um, more well, than well, here, more than anything a, yeah here's like a little perspective on on that too is um like i had gone through like a situation where it was such an ableist um comment that was done to me from from a government right uh from a ministry at the time uh and it made it really lowered my self-esteem down for a while and it really uh but my inner self said no i wouldn't accept that like they was it was deliberately done in a way where uh i was i was actually living on another portion of vancouver island at the time 
Uh, and I mean, and I'll tell the listeners, I, I, I'm not, I don't hold anything back, yeah. you know, and that's what I do on my shows. Um, so I lived in Nanaimo. Okay. I want to live in the lower mainland because that's where I grew up. I grew up in my hometown of Langley and I still, that's one of my uh, bucket lists uh, where I want to move back to. Right. So It'd be closer to me. Oh, my, people like, my God, you moved too much, Brent. Well, what it was <laughs> is that I, um, I had moved to the Nanaimo originally from Langley. Um, and the story is that I moved in a place that had bed bugs. Okay. So I had to abandon, I lost everything, everything. So I had moved into Nanaimo. I, I managed to find a place and just built up from there, built, got stuff as I needed to. And it was just one ripple effect after another. Like it was some bad acting landlords who the narrative was, they wanted to flip the place over. Uh, hey, it is uh, rent as is, that is it. Right. So um, it was like bouncing from one place to another. So anyway, I still missed my transit at the set of time. In the back of my mind was that it's not where we I wanted to be. Uh, Sonia, uh, her, um, her her grandma and grandpa um, and grew up in Langley. Like they owned a place out there. Her mom and dad used to fly her out there. I didn't even know that. And she said, oh, I, I like Langley. Well, how do you know Langley? So she told me a story. Well, she used to go there when she was a little kid. And her mom and dad would be flying a plane. They would land at the Langley airport. And so she'd spend the whole day there and go and walk. They would take her uh, all the way to her grandma and grandpa's, walk all along the highway. I'm thinking, wow, now fast forward, that's a dangerous highway. I used to ride my bike along there. That's why I know. Uh, but so anyway, getting to the story of that is, so I was, um, so when I was in Nanaimo, I had to, I, I missed Langley. So I said, ah, I'm moving back. Because I missed the transit. I missed everywhere I could walk to Jennifer. I could walk around the community. I could go to all the different stores, shops, community center, uh, be physically active. Uh, they have a track area. I could walk around it, uh, you know, anywhere, parks. I mean, you name it. So when I, I got there, I first place I found was more expensive, a lot more expensive. But I was willing to take the bite on it because I could have transit. I could freedom. I could get around. I could go from one area of the lower mainland and i'll kind of put this into perspective so people watching and listening to this going well how far is it from vancouver to uh chilliwack okay it's a good uh it's a good two hour drive uh, all the way from vancouver all the way to chilliwack i can take transit all the way out i can't right now because it's a transit strike but i i missed the freedom of being able to get around so i was willing to take the bite on the financial part of paying more for my rent so I went to the ministry and I said, okay, so I found a place and this is where I'm moving to. I get a phone call from a, from an intake worker at the time who processes the applications of doing a moving cost. Okay. Moving cost supplement. Normally the government likes to pay uh, moving costs if it's substantially reduced rent. Okay. Where are you going to find substantially reduced rent? Mine was the opposite. It was substantially increased. So that's I got another, your that's another pink got, unicorn, by the way, when they, yeah, yeah. so I got, I got a, uh, reduced as a pink unicorn. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I got, I got a earful from, from a government worker who said, why would I want to subject myself into harm, into harm's way is the wording. And I said, excuse me, I'm, I'm actually wanting to better myself, look at opportunities. Maybe I can maybe do some advocacy in, in my local community and get involved in the community and, and do a lot more. Oh, well, you know what? I mean, things, you just have to take life as is. And that's just the way it is. You have to accept the system the way it is. I'm like, accept the system the way it is. I lost it. I literally lost mm -hmm. it. Uh, and I said, 
um, okay, my mom actually brought me up to respect myself. And she said, do unto others as you do unto you. And so she's like, excuse me, why are you going with this? And I said, what I'm saying is I'm not respecting you for your decision. Oh, I'm going to have to deny your moving request. I go, okay, so you're going to deny me from going freedom of movement from my area to another area. Well, you're going to have to figure it out. So um, yeah, uh, so she says, if you're going to come to us and ask for help, um, I'm going to have to make a note of it that, that to, to deny you extra help if you need it, uh, because you're going to be paying more rent. Wow. And I said, okay, so I, I wouldn't leave it alone. I actually went and uh, put a filed a complaint, a written complaint in uh, to the supervisor. I got an apology from the staff, never from the actual person, but from the staff. Well, that's and they, good. They, they, they say, they really apologized. And I said, I will not tolerate abuse. I will not put up with it. I mm -hmm. actually grew up from an abusive, abusive father who I actually witnessed abusing my mom. And it, it traumatized me when I was a child. And my mom brought me up to respect myself and to stand up for what I believe in. And I, I <laughs> believed in what I stood up for. And I would not, I mean, sure, maybe she had a point. Yeah, like, why would you want to pay more? But at the same time, I knew that the opportunity was that I was going to be able to find something else. And I moved into a new place. And well, that's another story in itself. End up being back in Victoria because we got priced out from a corporate landlord who had a narrative wind to flip a place over and make more money yes and That's and, yeah. and this, this is a bit of an offshoot i guess but um what while you were speaking brent I, it kind of brings to light this idea of you know uh disability porn we can call it right where 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 people um and maybe even government officials will will say uh you know you're such an inspiration, Brent, or, or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And when, when all really you're doing or all that I'm doing or all that Jen's doing is all we're trying to do is just live like everybody else. We're, exactly. not, do we're not doing yeah. anything special. <laughs> you know, no. we're, we're, we're not trying to be inspirations. Like they, they can say, you know, uh, oh, you're just such an inspiration, Brent, for the, that you that you ate popcorn for dinner, you know? Yeah. Because I know you've done that, you know, once or twice, you know, because you yeah. can't afford you know, yep. so it's like, congratulations on being able to skip meals or or eat popcorn for dinner. You know, it's like you're you're such an inspiration. Well, that's bullshit. We're we're yeah. not we're not we're not trying to be inspirational. We're just yeah, or, or, or just or how about the just, frozen miracle whip? You know, I mean, like I yeah. got that. I had chicken strips and I just wanted to use it as a dipping, right? You know I mean, and it was all <laughs> frozen. I'm like, I'm like, damn it all. Like, and it wasn't. Yeah. And for just you know, as you guys know, everybody watching. It was, yeah. Sonia had gone into the fridge. She had grabbed this mayonnaise and it was all frozen. She showed me and I said, you know, this would be a good breaking with Brent segment. So I started analyzing it. She wouldn't even touch it. I looked, it was all frozen. Like, how can it freeze? I mean, that's another wasted food cost. Like, mm -hmm, so, yeah. you know, I mean, wow. And people just take it for granted. Oh, they'll just save all down. They're not going to put, put back into the community. And um, I, I totally agree with uh, what you're mentioning about this, Jennifer, because like I was going to kind of comment on that is that, you give people the resources, you give them the opportunity and so they can thrive in the community that they, that they want to be in and, and grow in. Right. And so like for me, I, I was told, well, from a media, like they interviewed me um, where, where I was living said, what would happen if we took this money away? What would happen? I go, I would have to move. And then people say, well, you live in the best city there is in Canada. I go, well, it's beautiful. I, I like it here, but I don't, like, I like the scenery, um, but I'm glad I don't live in the city part. I live on the outskirts. So, 
I have to commute down into the city. I wouldn't want to live in the direct city. Uh, Hawaii is just, uh, it's just too busy. Um, and I miss the transit. And now I can't move back to my hometown because it's too expensive. So the government goes, well, there's more to do. There's more to do. Well, okay, well, why don't you have to listen to lived experience and listen to us of ways that we can work with the situation. Now, you know, it's all blown out of proportion, but yeah, it's all about coming down to um, talking about what people go through on a, on a daily basis um, and having it, you talking about these things that what you're working on too. Um, it's so important. And I'm, I'm proud of you, Jennifer, like you're accomplishing so much of, of what you're doing on, on your end uh, and then coming, tying all this together with us. And yeah. Well, and again, and again, I, I mean, uh, I just think it's important to look at things with two lenses, maybe, right? Because yeah, we can be we can be proud of our culture, <laughs> we can be proud of our heritage, but there's also that person first um, language, right? Where you know it's like a person with a disability. Well, if I'm a person, that means I'm a human being, and if right. I'm a if I'm a human being that gives me worth right i mean uh you know <laughs> for example like uh when somebody when somebody locks a locks a dog in a car in a hot car in the summer we can say that's inhumane treatment of an animal right and oh, yeah. you can be you can be thrown in jail for inhumane treatment of a of an animal um so you know culture is important to to identify with that, that's good. But I think it's it's good to widen the lens sometimes too and say, you know, as a person, as a human being, mm -hmm. we all matter. And sometimes we can get too focused sometimes too. And and that's, I mean, we can have two lenses on and say culture matters, but also me as an individual, me as a human being matters too. And yeah, and, that, and that's exactly it. It's, uh, it's like channeling, uh, I've noticed that like governments love to channel disabled against disabled. Yeah. They like to pin, and uh, they do this with seniors too. And and uh, this is like uh, the kind of the topic that I was going to branch off to. We're going to bring up about the C22 here. Um, now, Bill C22 is the Canada Disability Benefit uh, Program that the federal government is uh, taking their sweet old time. They're just dragging their feet, dragging their feet, as we all know. Um, and people watching going, what is Bill C-22? Well, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a bill that is supposed to be giving a financial, well, say, say financial freedom. Uh, is it? I don't know. But to help uh, Canadians with disabilities that are uh, on, the, on, the, on the lower end of the financial um, outcomes, like uh, uh, boosting it up uh, so that it's the provincial uh, platforms, and this will be like a top up above it. Now, yeah. the question of the day is so many people are asking, who is it going to go to? Is it going to go to provincial uh, recipients on provincial programs? Or is it going to go to people that are only getting uh, CPPD, which is still a disability, but it's a federal version of the program? Now, here's, here's, the, here's the tricky part, is that when a person turns 65, they lose their provincial part. So now they get CPPD. Or if they're before 65, Provincial governments love to get people to apply for CPPD early so that they can claw it off you and you're not even 65 yet. And now you get penalized by the federal government for applying for it early because you're not really technically eligible for it. 
So you get, it's like a double whammy. They claw it back. They love clawing things back. So now the, the question of the day, uh, some people are asking is, is it only going to go to CPPD or is it going to go to everybody? Now I want it to go to everybody because why should, why should a person just because if they're on CPPD federal disability versus provincial mm-hmm. and how much now that's the big question of the day is how much. Yeah. Yeah. And how long are they going to hold it up for? Yeah. Like we need I- in the meantime, like we need a, a disability emergency response benefit. Well, right. they study the hell out of this thing. And it could take two, three years before they even. Well, I actually went to a meeting, um, a healing conference. Mm. It's called A, and I actually sat down with a senator who is one of the disability leaders for Canada. Her name mm. is Mary Jane McClellan. And oh. I actually, um, she went to university with my birth mom, uh, Linda, at the University of Manitoba. So when I introduced myself and I let her know who I was, biologically my birth family is she knew everybody so it was really nice to actually uh-huh. have a little bit of a you know a hug and a catch up with her she is uh, one of the most eloquent speakers and her heart is in it for disabled people mm-hmm. she previously told that like what's going on because from what um, my conversation with her was she said that it was supposed to get passed before like it was supposed to be royal assent and put through ratification. The adjustments had been done in meetings already that everything had been working pro quo. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. just, just had to be like finished is what she had let me know in person. So mm-hmm. hearing and seeing everything that's going on right now, I'm like, what's going on? Because exactly. she's an honorable Senator. Mm-hmm. I, value her not only as an indigenous woman but as a senator who follows up with what she says and her mm-hmm. words to me were that it should be passed before the summer break like it, it should have been done already she didn't know what the holdup was and she's the head that sees the disability oh. issue of government so oh, wow. yeah so this is what i'm saying with you guys so i was really fortunate to be able to have my short, quick meeting with her. And mm-hmm. she, if it wasn't going to go through, I saw her the next day, waved hi and did a quick, you know, hello to her. Yeah. But she said if it wasn't going through, she would personally let me know. And mm-hmm. that didn't happen. So as far mm-hmm. as I know, this is all new information. And I have emailed her. I do have her email. And I did email her like, please let us know everyone who is a person who's got disabilities, including myself, we're freaking out because oh, yeah. not the way it's supposed to go. You know what I mean? And I was very clear in my communication in my email to let her know, like, listen, this is not what we discussed. And like, could you please clarify? Because everyone in this country needs this past. And yeah. it, you had told me and gave me your word and like I said, she's, I'm not going to put anyone down or be derogatory in any way because she was an honorable person to do all the work she's done previously. I just don't know, or nor do I understand um, like the, the process that it is being held back. I personally, my, my feelings are extremely strong and I will stand by how I feel. I feel if Carla Quantro does not get this passed before summer break, she should step down as a leader because she has failed 
each person in Canada who has a disability and not just Indigenous people. I'm talking about you guys. I'm talking about every person in Canada who would qualify for this benefit. If it does not get passed, it is a failure of leadership. And oh, we yeah, can... there's over a million, there's over well over a million disabled people that would right. qualify and, for this. And 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 our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau needs to start being accountable for having mm -hmm. people underneath him, like Carla Quantro. He needs to take her down, demote her, remove her position of power if she cannot get the job done. That is what she's been paid and hired for, not for photo ops not for going for lunches, not for doing anything. She's fired to get the policy in place and taking care of the people. And to me, I, like I, I, I am my grandmother's granddaughter yeah. and my residential schoolhouse survivor. I will repeat myself with that. Carla Quantro should be either terminated or stepped down. Ask this before summer, because there's no excuse for it. It's over a thousand days to get this processed. When I was in committees for the WHA, we would have timeframes, sometimes three months, sometimes four months, sometimes six months. And I was volunteer. We had to get that job done. So there's no reason for a person in her position of authority to be slacking, to be lagging on anything, none. So that's where I'm gonna leave that at. I hope I made myself clear with that. Yeah, yeah thank good. and thank you on that because like right now they it was today Tuesday it was actually supposed to be brought into the house, and now yeah. there's nothing in the house. They're saying now maybe tomorrow. And right now I was reading this morning on Twitter that apparently Carla Quantrill is actually still in the UN. Like she's still away. Like she's she gave some UN speech this morning. Like what? Like why are you not? Why are you not in Ottawa? Like to make sure this gets passed. And if you aren't, if she can't be, get whoever's supposed to be in there to initiate it to bring it to the floor today. Is, is she? And is, now, yeah. is she giving a speech saying how Canada is violating all of the U UN uh, PD? Yeah, she's talking about the CRPD. Like or the well, CRPD, as I meant. Yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, and, and that's that's the issue is that apparently there's nothing on the floor scheduled for this week. Um, but there was a minister who had just said last week that this Tuesday, he gave out all the bills that were going to be uh, basically uh, introduced. And uh, Bill C-22 was one of them on Tuesday. I was waiting. I woke up this morning. I'm thinking, yeah, today is going to be, they're going to be uh, bringing it. It'll be interesting. And as soon as I read, oh, no, there's nothing today. I'm going, okay. So, and I, I, I can thank you, Jennifer, on that, bringing that topic up because it's so important. There's nine, just so everybody watching today. As of the 13th day, there's nine more sitting days in the federal government yeah. right now until they yeah. rise for, for the summer. And when I say rise, if people are not sure what that means, that means they break for the summer. It's just a terminology. It means that they're going to leave the disabled people in Canada up in the arms and going, yeah, maybe next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out in the fall. Mm -hmm. No, well, people's yeah. lives don't get on hold. You know, I spoke with the UN and in, in, uh, of November 21st. November 221, I, I spoke with them on behalf of Indigenous rights. My grandmother also spoke with them years ago when she was alive um, in Geneva, and I did it via online. Um, the UN, actually, I think if they really knew how detrimental that this bill is, they, mm -hmm. would, have, they would have their hands in it, and they would be slapping Carla Quantro and Justin Trudeau's hands 
because they do not believe my my when I spoke on the water issues, they do not believe that anyone should go without basic necessities. That is a that is a number one thing with the United Nations. They do not believe in any of that. And they take that very seriously. If they mm -hmm. knew people like myself and yourself are having to ask for mutual aid because mm -hmm. we don't have enough money, because by the end of the month, it's the 12th now. I personally have just what's left in my freezer. I don't have any fresh fruit or vegetables left right now. I've got hardly anything left. I've got very little resources after I'm done paying my bills. And I don't have, you know, the inclination right now. I'm physically suffering the side effects of chemotherapy. I don't really want to have to fight to get Carla Quantro to do her job. She's getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars per day mm -hmm. and should be accountable to me and to you too, and to every other disabled person in Canada. And if she cannot do her job, then she needs, like I said, either step down or step out. Or yeah, exactly. get her, get her, because there's no reason nine days left sitting that she needs to put us through. And this is putting each person on disabilities through another 24 hours of trauma. This is government enforced poverty and trauma. And we do not need or nor do we deserve that kind of stress and that kind of trauma to be put on because this woman in that authority in that position is not capable of doing her job and managing her staff to get everything done i know personally i'm just like appalled that this has even come to this point it should not have ever there's much better things to do in canada than oh, to absolutely. and to be living in poverty knowing that the food banks are busting knowing that the homeless shelters and i have volunteered in homeless shelters that the homeless shelters do not have enough spaces and government funding is at an all-time low with helping people and mm -hmm. if they're off going on vacations she's you know there needs to be more that we can do as a society to to demand better of our governments so that's uh, what yeah, I, mean, I, I, I mean, and there shouldn't be any vacation for them until they get that passed. Yeah, they should be no vacation. Well, able to get no vacation. <laughs> the worst part about it is them cutting their days down. They yeah. if they have yeah. they have job done, then you guys stay there and you stay there in chambers until you get the job done. Yeah. No, Absolutely. I honestly I'm fired in my life, and I've been fired for way less stuff yeah. that the, that yeah. they're doing. If you're not done the job, I worked in film. If we were not done the job, we stayed and we shot 14-hour days, 12-hour days, 16-hour days. Or until you're fired. If you don't, if you don't do your yeah. job, you're you're fired, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, you're out of here. Yeah. And you're fired that day. Yeah. yeah. So you know, if the the if the roles were reversed, Quantro would be gone. Mm -hmm. no, a, a thousand is what nine. 989 days now yeah yeah i, I think that's last clock the time i looked at that yeah there's no excuse that that's just that's just incompetence and well what one of the things i wanted to talk about i mean we're, we're talking about almost a thousand a thousand days right this uh yes. thing has been yeah. up in the air but let's be real for a second let's have a reality pill for a second and realize that it actually has been three to four decades <laughs> of you know of this kind of discrimination has gone on mm -hmm. because I mean, you and I have talked about it, Brent. It, yeah. it, it wasn't like in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, 
people with disabilities, at least here in BC, and I'm pretty sure all across Canada, we had disability, disability pensions, right? And, yeah, and, right. Then, yeah. and then in the early 90s, everything started to erode. It was like, well, now we'll now we're just going to go to a, a charity system and and like, you know, it's income of last resort and all this other bullshit, right? It was around '94. Um, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up, Neil, because there was a um, it was a uh, research company, and I, I had the actual uh, website link uh, for the longest time, and I used to re kind of refer back to it just for notes, and they had every single province, Jennifer uh, and Neil, they every single province, and they would say what the rates are what they and it would say kind of like little boxes and it would say this is what what the mandate is this is what the caseload is and what they project things to be uh increasing based on caseload as people age they would get older as the demand would become greater and they would under each province it would be highlighted and I thought, oh wow this is interesting well all of a sudden boom it was gone i couldn't access it anymore the site was down all the reference stuff to that was gone after the government actually changed um, how they do all their legislative stuff on it, they wanted to reduce down the caseload and across the country. And so what they was is that they, they felt, oh, there was too many people on income assistance in different provinces. They were, they called them welfare cheats or disabled mm -hmm. cheats. So well, people were, so they were messing up the system. They were- There, they were there was, uh, I, I remember, I, I actually remember uh, it was Mike Harcourt here in BC. Remember Mike Harcourt? I remember uh, his, his. I actually remember as a kid. He didn't uh, like to say people. No, he no he didn't. And uh, oh, I and he. I remember he was standing in front of the cameras. I still remember that. And I mean, at that at the time, I thought, well, it was kind of no big deal. But you know, as I've aged, I realized what a big deal it was because he he actually used the word varmints, varmints and cheats, and. I uh, Environment, yes. varmints, cheats, and something else like useless, uh, something you know, and it's like, wow, you actually wow. said that, and wow. I mean, and and then like he ended up getting a dis disability himself or something, and then and then he, uh, everybody thought he was like this big champion of people with disabilities. Well, he ne he never was. It's it's a it's a big lie, right? I mean, he he was he was like one of the worst because he was the reason why we have the clawbacks we have today. I mean, he's the, he's the one that introduced it all. Like, you know, let, well, well, here's, here's another comparison is I remember one time there was a, uh, there was a minister and uh, had referred uh, to uh, Canadians with disabilities as a third world country. Yeah. Right. And then there was another one fast. Rich forward. Coleman. Was, yes. Rich Coleman. Right. My, right. And then fast yeah. forward, there was, there was another one just recently uh, I believe it was a, a conservative uh, one who had mentioned about what was going on in Kelowna, BC, as he saw all these tents going on and referred it as a third world country. And I thought, wait a minute, I remember hearing that. That was uh, that was the uh, PP. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he had referred to that. I thought, whoa, like he got backlash really bad on that because because mm. I, I remember Rich Coleman talking about that too. I thought, okay, wait a minute, are we are they exchanging notes here? Are we looking at both angles here wow this is not cool like you can't refer to people in tents there's a reason why they're intense and it, it's a um a mindset it's a mindset of oh they're intense so they're homeless okay well why are they homeless there's so many reasons maybe like decades and decades ago people would say they're homeless okay well did their building burn down did it was a wire uh got malfunction did they become homeless maybe because their building was sold 
condemned. There's so many reasons why people are homeless. Were they fleeing violence? Were they fleeing of violence in a relationship? Uh, now they're homeless. Like, there's so many stereotypes. And, and I think it, society has looked at it as, oh, they're homeless because, wow, they, they made that choice in life. No, no. Yeah. There's so many reasons why. Um, and I, I remember Neil and Jennifer, like, I'd walk downtown Langley, like I'd take the bus and I'd get off and I would see one person, one person sitting on the corner. Hi, hi, sir. How are you? I'd be walking my bike on the sidewalk because you're not allowed to ride your bike on the sidewalk. God forbid. Oh, I ride my right bike on the road. And there was a two-way um, uh, road going by. People would be parked on kind of on an angle like this. Doors would open. So I think, well, it's not safe, Brent. Ride right down the middle. No. So I'd ride my bike and here's... There's, ah, ah, like in the distance. Oh, God, what? There's, sir, can you please get off your bike and walk your bike on the sidewalk? Well, it's not safe to ride on the road. So I, no, 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 it's for pedestrians. So that's fine. Walk. And so I talked to a couple of people and they were homeless. And the reason why they were homeless is uh, they're actually, their, their house that they were renting, the owner had sold it and said that they, uh, there was another family member that was going to be moving in who never did move in. They just wanted to put the rent up. And that's kind of where it started. And I didn't even know what was going on then. So this has been happening for decades. And now the country's now in a housing crisis. Yes. And there's so many, like there's there's a lot of economists saying, well, it's all because of Airbnb going on. It's all, it's about corporate landlords. or It's about taxes, like all these ideas, but there's no, there's no housing plan from the federal government. And Mr. Trudeau, if you're watching this, where is the housing plan? Like, oh, there, there's a lot there, of parties. There is no out. plan. Like, where there's is the no plan? plan. Yeah. Why? Because it, it got deregulated decades yeah. ago. And I, uh, my mom and I, God rest her soul, we used to get into arguments, you guys. We used to get arguments. And I'd say, so when I move out, where am I going to find to rent for uh, $325? And that's what my shelter allowance was and at the time. And I didn't know. Lot, how did this shelter all this stuff how did it all work she's like well uh, I and I'd be doing newspapers I'd deliver newspapers and I and I look in the classifieds my mom would say why are you looking in the classifieds Brent what are you what's so interesting well I'm looking at bike parks and then I oh neat what is it about housing and I look at this housing and uh you know four four twenty five four fifty for for rent four or five hundred dollars oh move in bonus oh cable tv the whole package deal like oh neat my mom's like, I don't, don't look at that stuff. And I said, well, how am I ever afford that? She's like, well, don't worry. They'll, they'll, they'll raise your rates because that's what they're going to do. They take care of the disabled people. And that was the mindset. My mom always thought they were going to take care of the disabled people. And I said, oh, really? Oh, okay. She said, don't worry. I, I have faith in the system because they will do that. Well, God rest your mom, your soul, mom. Unfortunately, they're not doing that. That's why us, millions of us across this country are advocating to tell the government, no, they're not doing that. And that's why we need to now change it because we need to modernize how things are going going forward, not just for us, okay? Not just for us. No, but it's important, but it's also for generations going forward. Like, yeah. I, feel, I feel really sad about the children that are now growing up that if they don't change, the government don't change the way it's going right now, youth uh, aging out of care, Right now in British Columbia, I'll, I'll speak on British Columbia because maybe you can tell me in, in, in Manitoba how it's working too. But in British Columbia, they're giving $600 on top of their, their, their rate amount for shelter. 
but meanwhile the disabled they get uh three seventy five oh they're gonna get a hundred and twenty five dollar top up uh July nineteenth so it's gonna go to five hundred dollars now a previous minister I had on my show a few times we talked about this issue and one of the things is uh about shelter he wanted to get rid of it the government would let him do it he I I know I know I understand he I understand there's privileged information why he can't talk about it but the system wouldn't let him do it. So if the system would let him do it, then what, what is it about lived experience? I mean, he was a minister. He knew what was going on and the system would let him do it. So if they wouldn't let him do it, are they going to let us do it? Where, well, I, where... Can I interject for a yeah. minute? Yes, oh, for sure. What I, I personally think is that they, the people that are making the policies and that are have created the whole legislation um, process mm -hmm. don't know what it's like to go hungry and don't know what it's like to be homeless so exactly. they're living kind of a privileged life and yeah. they have no idea how detrimental because i mean i when i was on the policy committee i was at one meeting where i had a um we had our lunch break and i was sitting beside one of the guys who was one of our head CEOs of the WRHA. And when mm -hmm. I was, him, I had said, like, I just, he asked me what I was doing. I said, well, I'm volunteering and I'm also a disabled person. And I'm going, you know, going to university to take my indigenous pastoral care training part-time. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, well, you know, like, I'm just going to, I want to get out of here for after this thing. And I, I want to just go to the lake. And I'm yeah. looking thinking, wow are you ever privileged? Like your mentality, this is a meeting where we're talking about policy that mm -hmm. is important to make every patient's life better. And your priority on this is to take off and go to the lake. Um, this policy is about people, you know, needing care. Like to me, your, your mind is where it should be because you're not into the meeting and you are looking at your, your watch, knowing that your break is starting soon for the weekend and it's a long weekend. But mm -hmm. what about the people and the patients that are sick in the hospital? And I think about what about the disability person that is one paycheck away from being homeless that can't <laughs> wait, that doesn't have enough food in their fridge. What about those people to Carla Quantro and to Justin Trudeau? How are you going to explain to your kids that daddy and mummy help somebody go homeless or choose maid or even worst case scenario, we had someone within the groups that I'm in with disabilities and mental health issue. Someone didn't want to wait for maid. So she killed herself. I, uh, I was just reading about that just the like, other day. And yeah, it really, it really, it really struck me here. Like, uh, there's no way. Yeah, that, that person actually used to come into my, my uh, once upon a time, my Twitter space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually was one of my co-hosts, Jennifer. Wow. Yeah. So and, you know, and I'll, I'll actually say the name out there, uh, Joanne Mott. Oh. And it really, it really um, struck home. Uh, and I saw the post and I, I put a, my condolences to, to his mother. Uh, and I, it really, it puts tears in my eyes because it doesn't have to be this way. And the federal government, like, 
modernize, listen to us. Let's do this now. Get derb out there in the meantime. Stop pussyfooting around. Stop giving excuses. Oh, we need to, we need to do uh, amendments. We need to do more amendments. We need to bring it. You know what? Just get it out there. Get the derb out there. Equivalent to whatever the amount is supposed to be. And, and you're not telling us how much it will be. What is it going to be a dollar? Oh, I can't even go buy a freaking chocolate bar for a dollar. And why would I buy a chocolate bar? I'd buy something healthy. Isn't that we're supposed to be eating things healthy? Buy a banana. You have to hope that it's actually not too mushy because I don't like mushy bananas. Or buy an apple. My God, you can't even buy one apple for barely a dollar now. Yeah. I hope that it's not uh, rotten inside. Absolutely. And, the, you know, the one thing, I, I believe it was cancer. I think this was another girl that I'm referring to. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's jo jo Joanna, I believe, rest in peace. Um, like she should have been taken better care of in her life. Like Joanne was a hard, dedicated fighter and she didn't deserve to be living in poverty. And neither do you, neither does Neil, neither do I, you know, when the government is, it's, it's an actual oppression. It's yeah. a form of genocide on, and not, you know, just indigenous people, but on disabled people, that's what they're doing. And honestly, it's really, really wrong. Yeah. And I mean, we live in such a wealthy country, uh, Jennifer uh, and Neil, and like, there's no reason. Yeah, there's there's no reason for not taking care of your citizens. I mean, just because a person is disabled, was it a choice that they made in life? No, it was no choice. They were born with it. You can get a disability at any point of time in life. You turn That's 65. I remember, I remember uh, a gentleman who used to come into uh, our uh, Twitter spaces when I had it going. Um, and used to come on and talk about it. And, and even to this day, um, he still advocates to bring awareness to the, the system, the systemic issue. Uh, and it's, able, it's an ableist situation where you turn 65, you're, ooh, no disability anymore, apparently, according to the government. You're a heel. <laughs> but you still have disability, you got, but you got no income. Mm -hmm. And then so, Carla, Tell me, when you turn 65, is this Canada disability benefit not going to go to the two seniors with, with a disability? When she turns 65, is her blindness going to go poof? It's going to yeah, disappear? Yeah, it's like me. It's like me. <laughs> Brent, you're healed. You know, yeah. you have no visual impairment anymore. you got 20-20 yeah. vision. You can go and drive a car. Yeah. Really? Well, I guess that's why I don't drive a car, because I, because I have a visual impairment. Oh, another hidden disabilities and that's the thing the government looks at it first oh you look fine you're you, you, you had a job though you had a job yeah i injured myself on the job severely injured myself on the job where if i hadn't had the treatment done when i did i wouldn't be able to i be able to walk like i i severed a disc like so bad i didn't even realize how bad lucky for me okay just just for me on a personal level I had to go through physio and chiropractic treatment, agonizing pain, like the pain I, I had, I never in my life excruciating such pain. I, I said to the doctor, can you just, can you give me an, like, put me under while you do the treatment? No, Brent, I am, I have to do the treatment and you're going to have to work with me and through physio. <clears throat> and then I'm going to have to release you back to your employer. I, I couldn't work. I, I was done mentally, mentally, physically, I was done with them um and after that i was then told you could never no longer do that kind of employment yeah. again that kind of work and i said no no my mind says no no i, I can do it 
your mind yeah. may say, but physically, Brent, you can't do it. You can't. And you know, and when I moved, when we moved to Victoria, so I'm busy moving stuff, and I, I, I kind of took it for granted. Uh yeah, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I'm healed from years ago. I'm fine. I'm lifting these boxes, Jennifer. I'm lifting and I'm putting over on a cart. Oh, later on, I'm like, oh, it's like, hi, hi, Brent. I'm still here. Remind <laughs> me of going, like, yeah, you're healed, but you know what? If you were to keep doing this repetitious, guess what? Yeah. You know, so man, my point is that disabilities can happen to anybody. Uh, you can get injured. You can become disabled. Uh, and why should we be treated differently? Because like, I'm, I'm glad we we talked about this, and you know, we're going to yeah. talk more about this another day because I, you know, I'll have you on again uh, as a continuation. But I'm glad that we're talking about that. Um, anybody in in the country should not be treated differently because they have a disability. Uh, it's it's all about uh, equality, right? It's um, it's a uh, um, it's a freedom of movement, freedom of movement too. You shouldn't be restricted to one province because you have yeah. disability. So you go to another province. Oh yeah, you got to prove that you're disabled in another province now. So let's go through the lengthy application, all the red tape, and all these policies. Um, there was a minister recently, uh, uh, Neil and Jennifer, and the listeners who are watching this uh, or, or listening to it uh, as a podcast. Uh, there was a in a um, committee a meeting that the government had, um, and the the current minister for uh, in BC, the Ministry of Social Development, Poverty Reduction. Uh, they had um, they had talked about this, and and one of the uh, the opposition critics who I had on my show recently too. We, we actually did talk about it because he was actually in the committee room and he knew that I was watching it at the time because I was actually watching it live. And the, uh, the, the minister admitted that uh, the policies, they're, they're so old. It's a mindset. And she admitted that it's a mindset and they were written way back when and that she admits that things need to change going forward. So uh, that's why... Uh, Jeff and, and Sonia and myself are going to be meeting with the minister uh, on the 19th and uh, having a sit down meeting and going over goals uh, of, of things that need to change. Uh, and one of them is clawbacks and, and income yeah. uh, quality and, and about, um, about marriage equality or common law or living with a partner. I mean, yeah. if, if somebody is abusive relationship, should they be trapped in yeah. a situation? No. No, they should have both have income so that if something happens. Apparently, can... apparently, if you have a disability and you're in that situation, it's apparently it's okay. Oh, oh, apparently, you know, and that's yeah. where pink unicorns. Are. So, ooh, yeah. ooh, oh, magically, things just yeah. poof. Well, they're you know? polygosters, right? Yeah. They're polygosters. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the lines I used to use all the time. Remember, polygosters, you know, Ellen. <laughs> Really bad with that one. Snowy gosters. Snowy gosters. But it is true. They, you know, it's uh, it's a systemic issue, uh, and ableist ableism in, in Canada it doesn't belong. Um, and, and we need to just wipe that right off. And it just Absolutely. needs to be gone. Because you know the thing is, is everybody's oh Canada's just so great. So this. So that. Oh yeah. Well, like as long as you're not indigenous, as long as you're not disabled. Because then you're having a whole different experience, a whole different lived experience. Never mind being homeless. So, you know, you get really stigmatized with things, right? Like, but we can make it better. The thing is, is allow us. This is what was hard for me 
um, with the way that they're doing the process. They're doing everything through nonprofits with, they're listening to nonprofits. Well, the nonprofits are, some of them are not being regulated themselves and mm -hmm. are running, are running really um, questionable ways and things that would not fit in the government criterias, you know? So they mm -hmm. have to be really mindful. The government can't just pass everything off to nonprofits. They have to do the due diligence, which is the government's responsibility as a corporation to get everything in so that we're all cared for and in equal living, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what, I'm grateful that you guys are doing you know this is awesome so there's in um out here on the west coast we have there's some non-profits there they're called single room occupancy occupancies and um they're not actually not regulated under the uh, residential tenancy act so they don't have to follow yeah they don't have to follow the guidelines and so a lot of them are actually have uh they've, they've been shut down they they've collapsed uh the there was two lives lost in 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 a building two lives that were lost and wow. uh the mayor at the time he, he said i was we had a major heat wave that year and he went in he says i don't know how they can live in there i can't even be in here so people were on the street they they were paying for their place but they didn't even want to be in there because it was not habitable for one thing there was uh they couldn't breathe there was this there was it was just way too hot it was like yeah. 40 50 degrees in there yeah. And so now they're on the street and now, now they say, oh, no, they can't be on the street. Let's get them out of here. Put them in housing. Well, they got housing, but it's not habitable. We got yeah. a problem here. And then they claim, oh, well, we've housed all the uh, people. We've got all the housing for them. And a new uh, uh, FOI came out that, no, they didn't have enough housing for them. There's a long waiting list. There's over 10-year waiting list. Well, they didn't confirm when I was homeless. I had to actually, they, my, one of my very good friends, her and her husband rented me a place at a boarding shelter. And this woman had chickens in her main floor. It was oh, in the wow. rural community of St. Anne, Manitoba. This woman had chickens and she had uh, bunnies. So there was these all over the bathroom on the main bathroom on the main mm -hmm. floor. It was, it was disgusting. And honestly, mm -hmm. she's a local townswoman who is a senior she she basically got away with like just uh, running a hazardous, very unhealthy environment for people renting because people were so desperate to rent, you know, from from someone and not to be right out on the streets in St. Anne because there was no um, homeless shelter or anything. So, it, you know, and then if you don't have a vehicle, there's no transportation. This is was my issue with being homeless last year is there. The, office for rural was in Bozier and mm. I had there was only two days a week I had a lot of medical appointments and then I was in and out of hospital mm. and I couldn't get in with the girl who was taking the appointments every time I would go there oh she's got a day off or her kid's sick and she was the only oh. one taking applications in which created like a block or a barrier for me to even get on the EIA disability. So I ended up actually having no income. And then by the time I got all the doctor's notes, I got my first disability check from them and they gave me um, predated for how many days or um, for how many days were left in the month. And I got a check for $62 and I'm oh. like, yeah, so that was for my first check from EIA disability in Manitoba. No. And Fighting with the um, the rural, it was I was so grateful to come into Winnipeg when mm -hmm. I was in 
capital rather than being stuck out in the rural area because the rural area not only do they not care in the provincial province of manitoba they don't do anything they close your file then you have to go find a ride pay someone 40 dollars, which you have no money you know yeah. coming you have to sell something pay 40 dollars to get someone to drive you to the office to get the application filled in and then find out, oh, well, we need you to come back. Well, I don't drive because of my disability. Yeah. I have no way to get to another city that's over an hour and 20 minutes away that you're making me go there to do the application in person. And nor do I have the funds. So like, it's, it's almost where people, that's why people do quit. That's, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm where I can go by public transportation or handy transit now and be more independent, you know, myself. But I think there's barriers that the whole system has for disabled people. I mean, I go see the health minister of Manitoba on Friday mm -hmm. and I take two buses and it literally is a five minute drive from wow. where, I, where I live, where her office is. But the way that the, the, way that the, the people from the transit system here, they don't have any direct buses or shuttles that take you there. You have to go all the way to way on the other side that they that transfer and take another one on the other side. And it's just it's like people who do make these decisions, who do create these programs, who do create things, don't listen to the people actually using them and don't know our yeah. needs. So I think I, when you're not meeting the needs, then you're failing. And when people absolutely. are dying, when people are dying from needs not being met and prop, uh, proper procedures, policies in place, it's a complete failure of the system. That's what I think. To quote, so, to quote Yoda, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a systemic, uh, definitely a systemic failure, right, on government's behalf. Um, when, I, when I was actually in my hometown uh, just last month, um, Sonia had gone over for her medical appointment very, uh, you know, and I'm not going to get in detail because I know it's privacy, right? She doesn't want to talk about it, but she had, you know, well, she had gone to see a heart, her heart specialist, right? Okay, so we had a fight with the government. We had a fight and fight with the government all because they said, well, if based on the Google, Google says you can go from point A from where you live and get to the hospital all in one day. And I said, well, she's got to be at the hospital. So she was, uh, you know, arguing with them. And so I said, well, can I say something? She had on speakerphone. She goes, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead, sir. I go, this is none of my business. But I'm looking at Google while you two are talking. And you're basing up on driving. She doesn't drive. That's right. Oh. I said, she takes public transit. So now it says transit is now going to take uh, five and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, BC Ferries, I, I'm looking at the schedule here. I can't get from the first bus in the morning to get the first bus uh, to get the first ferry. I yeah. have to take a taxi from here to get down downtown Victoria. Then, then the bus goes up to the first ferry in the morning. But from here, I'm on a main bus route. Go figure. They can't get me down there. Oh, okay. And I said, so even if we were to take the first ferry, she would be, it'd be rushing to try to get to her appointment on time because she has to be there just because the appointments at that time, they have to get her to register in the hospital for the appointment. So she, oh, 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 I'll have to call you back. She said to Sonia, oh, I'll have to call you back. I have the information right here. But no, they have to, like Sonia said, no, they have to find out for themselves. 
Are you kidding me? So call back. Oh, by the way, you now qualify. You now qualify um, for um, for the accommodation. So uh, whatever's cheaper, taxi, the taxi, yeah. the taxi says, oh, it's going to be uh, $120, $120. Oh, but whatever's cheaper. So that she said, well, let me call you back. She looked into the accommodation. Oh, accommodation is over $300 for a night in Vancouver. $336 plus tax. All the yeah. fees that go with it. Oh, so it looks like taxi is cheaper. So they're willing to pay for the, the cheaper cost. Of and course. I said, well, you can't get anywhere for 120. So you go, well, I know where to stay. Okay, well, that, that's up to you. You guys figure it out. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I went and booked, uh, I went and booked the accommodation further out. And it's only like, uh, it's about a 45, <coughs> about a 45 minute ride out to transit. And then a, a, they call it a SkyTrain, which is so neat out in the, uh, out in the West Coast. All the way out to Vancouver, but then you take one little bus ride, it's like two minute, a three minute bus ride up to the hospital. I booked it, and so uh, while I booked it, I was able to to uh, make an extended accommodation, um, and I got some points, so I was able to make it work good. Stayed at a friend's place. Nice. So yeah, so I made it kind of an extended little ba- mini, like not a vacation, but it was kind of like a little mini one where I was able to then, hey, I can explore around. But here's the point of the matter is that if I lived there, I wouldn't have to go and start exploring around and costing all that money. That All that money could have been used for other things, for food. It could have been used for other things. But we so much wanted to do our exploring around of saying, hey, this is nice. We got to see this area again. I did breaking with friends. Uh, and, you know, I went into a local MLA's office while I was out in my hometown. Mm-hmm. surprise that visit a, that was a good video, video actually. and he was surprised the secretary they were there like can i help you and i said well i know i knew andrew mercier do you know andrew oh yeah yeah i said i helped to get him elected before oh really yeah i, I helped him on his campaign and oh wow, wow so now he actually got elected years later he ran again he won so now mm-hmm. i said but this is my hometown i, I had to move why <laughs> because i got priced out because he didn't listen to me government didn't listen to me Oh, does he know you're here? No, it's a surprise visit. So we said, she goes, okay, so stand around the corner. He's meeting with somebody. He's going to come out. He doesn't know you're here. And he's, oh my gosh, you're here. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, and I, blah, blah, blah. I gave the reason why I want to be back in the community. Oh, well, yeah, but you're in Victoria. You know, got a good MLA out here. Yeah, I know. She's awesome. That's great. But that's not where I want to be. <clears throat> Sonia goes, we want to be in Langley. This is where we want to be. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the place to be. I go, right. So the fact is, there's no affordable housing, you know, and the thing is, he goes, well, yeah, but at least in Victoria, you get to advocate, right? Okay. So my point is, to the people watching, great to advocate, but why should we have to keep advocating that the system is broken? Fix it, right? Uh, All we're asking is for for fairness and, and, and equity in the system to help people thrive, put the money back into the communities that they live in. Everybody will prosper. Where you pay your taxes when you buy something, you pay your taxes. When the gas prices go up, prices of food go up. So that tax is there. It gets handed on to the consumer. The consumer pays for that. We're taxpayers. We file our income tax. We we we're taxpayers. You ask why you have a social insurance number, right? So, and so the, the old saying is, oh, they're not taxpayers, really? Yes, we are. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. and that's that's just ignorance, you know. And I think like part of it's ableism, like it's ableism. Yeah, part of part of ignorance is lack of knowledge, right? So all we can do, even with ableistic people, even with racism, is just educate. Educate them. Educate best that we can do educate and try to do our best to input because of lived experiences because yeah. of experiences and to not stay silent i think the yeah. most important thing is to as a community if every disabled person in canada stood up together united yeah it would be unstoppable you know and it's, yeah it, i'm glad that you mentioned about you know educate them because it's working with them to make them understand that why things are the way they are and it's maybe maybe no fault of the person they they don't understand it's how the government has set stuff up right yeah yeah and it's, yeah. it's, it's like what jennifer said earlier about oppression i mean we're oh, talking yeah. we're talking about systemic oppression for 30 or 40 years this That's this great. this isn't yeah. an issue of, like we've talked about the 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 c22 has been a thousand days almost but we're not we're not talking about a thousand days. I mean, yes, yes, everybody wants the C twenty two, and and that's important. And, but we're not talking about a thousand days, really. We're talking about thirty or forty years of deliberate, you know, government oppression. Yeah, uh, you know, and leg, legislative poverty. It's not been a thousand days. It's been thirty or forty years, or years, yeah. or yeah. four decades, right? Yeah, and so it's, let, I mean, it, let, it didn't happen tonight. It, it no. you know. It, this has been going on for a long time and it should have been dealt with by yeah. policymakers way back when. They was just like they're in their own bubble world, right? It didn't affect their lives. So yeah. We're living but, in a bubble, know, world bubble world with well, a bunch of pink unicorns. Yeah. But the thing Ooh. is every <laughs> though, you know, it's so like we're getting forest fires, we're getting all these oh, negative yeah. well, you know, that is not happening naturally. Like the arse. Oh. There are people doing arson because of the way that they're getting treated. And I'm, mm. I have no knowledge of who set any fires. I know the fires going in Ontario from the Indian reservations, from what I have heard, they're from angry people of mm -hmm. government not doing their jobs. So yeah. you know, if, if they're going to be taking the paycheck, they need to deliver. And if you're not going to deliver, then find someone else who will mm -hmm. get the job done. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, and you know, I mean, no nobody nobody should be having to go without like any any basic needs in Canada. Absolutely. You shouldn't be well, going that... without your your basic necessities, your toiletries, your 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 food, your 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 uh, accommodation. Um, yeah, you know, the a lot of uh, terminology is called shelter. I'll go to a bus stop, and I'll <laughs> I joked about this the other day. There was a uh, one of my neighbors was at a bus stop, and he says, oh. The shelter. I said, oh, I said to him, I lost it. I, you know, I said, Jennifer, I said, no, 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 no. Don't use that word shelter. I don't like that word shelter. Why? Yeah. Because it reminds me of, of a, of a enclosed space that it's just, uh, it's like an oppression wording. Um, and I think society can change the wording on that. I mean, I don't know the what, but I mean, it's a bus awning. It's a, it's a, um, I don't know. It's like a gazebo. I mean, yeah. maybe a gazebo. Because but a shelter that, reminds me of, of how government uses the word shelter. Sheltering. Yeah, and, but but that that's almost like again that makes me think that it's almost a deliberate choice by government sometimes yeah. to, to it, use it, it, oppressive it, words. It is. You know? It is. Yeah. It is. Words are powerful. You can use yeah. words to bless, 
or break somebody down or yeah. curse them. Words are very powerful. That's where they, with the, the writing of the way that they're doing the policies, mm-hmm. they're, they're, one word can change everything. You know yeah. what I mean? They remove it. It's well, just no, like, I mean, I, yeah. I said I said a few weeks ago. I mean, I I I wouldn't I I had a sermon one Sunday, and my um my pastor said he said you know people with power, people with power have the have the ability to either help or oppress, and that is so true, right? I mean, all these people in government. I mean that that's they make the choice. It's all about choices, right? They always it say it like it, they always. Well, I mean, remember still loss. You said, "Well, you know, it's all about making the the best choice." For if, choices. If yeah. you're on PWD, you just make a good choice. Well, it's choices for the government too, right? Sacrifices, <laughs> choices, and uh, and and that's one thing that I learned recently because I I would see the uh, the same the same gentleman. I would see him quite a bit. I I go for I enjoy uh, nice. Uh, walk around my neighborhood it's very quiet at nighttime it's very peaceful no vehicles during the daytime it's busy by nighttime it's quiet it's right off and I, I would see him and i would i talk to him and i have lengthy talks about uh, advocacy what i do on the show like i the guests i bring on he says it's a wonderful thing that i'm doing and he thanks me um and, he, and you know just you know he he wants to thank you for uh, also for all the all the programming stuff that you do and he hasn't watched it yet but he's going to um, and I, I learned a little bit about the uh, um, the gentleman. And he's getting up there in age. He's uh, yeah, he's in his late seventies. Uh, he says, "I, you know, I'm gonna be turning, I'm gonna be clocking eighty pretty soon." I go, "You're not walking eighty kilometers an hour." <laughs> he says, "I feel like he said, I feel like I'm in my thirties, sir." I'm like, "Wow, like yeah. okay, but young at in, heart, eh? You know, in his heart, but uh, he's very energetic. But one thing I learned from him, he actually used to work for government." Mm. So I when I, too. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, and me and me too. Once upon a time, just everybody knows, I used to. Yeah, we're all, we're all like, put our hands up. Time, government, government know? employee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he told me stories like like these things that are happening now. It's again, again, Jennifer, and you mentioned about policy. It it is. It's all policy. And he says so. It doesn't matter what government's in power. It could be purple cover government, green, orange, blue. It's all policy, he says, and they, they can actually work across party lines to get these things all done and fixed. And he said, well, ur- like, urgently, he says, like, yesterday, it could have been fixed and it needs to be well, done. Absolutely. And, you know, the big thing is, is it's a failure on all political parties if this continues. Yeah. So it's a failure on the government's part. It's a failure each opposition party. And it's just a failure as leaders in anyone in pol- pol- oh, pardon me anyone in politics that is you almost leader- got through a whole show with- yeah without <laughs> almost yeah anyone though in politics um that is uh of leadership as capable as a, as a human being needs to actually really look at their children look at their spouse look at their brothers and sisters and realize that they have been withholding just basic human rights from other people. And we are human and we deserve to be treated with respect, love, mm-hmm. kindness, and dignity. And we're not getting that right now. I remember in my hometown, uh, we uh, we had a pre-election when the election was happening and the government had called an election. And we had a supplement during COVID times that was given to us. And um, we had 
we had moved into a brand new building. Like we saw it getting built. And uh, I, I told the story many times that Neil remember hearing, I'm sure you probably heard it on my podcast too, but, and I, I talked about it with the breaking with Brent segment when I was actually in my hometown, when I was out there and the plane was flying over. And I started out with, I had an iced, co- iced coffee there and I was talking and people are thinking, oh, okay, it's good. He's talking all of a sudden, boom, I might've done a 360 rip. And I started talking about the reasons why, right? And so I'll, I'll kind of just dive a little bit into that. Um, where, so here, here's what happened was, is that there was an announcement going on. I, I was enjoying my my nice place, and I thought, wow, the, the view. <coughs> and I was looking on Twitter at the time. I was just kind of going through, and oh, the premier is going to be here. Okay, but he had called. He was going to be. He was campaigning because they're going to be launching a new extension of a of a train system that goes from. Um, to Surrey, which is a municipality, the largest city in, in British Columbia right now, per capita. Uh, and of course, Neil lives in, in Surrey. It's a huge city. It's He's the place to be, Brent. It's the place to be. The language is the place to be. That's why I did the break with Brent. But anyway, my, so my point is that um, he was campaigning about launching for a SkyTrain. And we heard about it. Sonia goes, John's going to be here. John's here. I go, what? Or are he's going to be here? I go, well, he's, he's going to be, or is no, well, he's going to be on stage. When? Uh, oh, geez. In about, oh, in about 45 minutes. Oh, okay. And I think I was having lunch at the time. Yes, I was having lunch. And I said, okay, well, let's finish lunch. And you know what? I am taking my, I had a sandwich. I am taking it with me. We just booted out the door. I just grabbed the sandwich. I said, I don't have time to eat it here. And so we just booted out the door and went down and he was already on stage. He was John was already on stage and they have this big gazebo area and uh, that's where I was sitting when I did the breaking with Brent and they had a lot of performances happen on there too. It's a stage, it's a cement stage, but they have this big awning over top uh, and it's kind of neat because they got lights on there. They can actually turn them all on if need when they need be and they can set up a remote um, uh, microphones on there. And so a lot of performances happen there. So John was on stage. He was talking about SkyTrain coming to the community of Langley expanding from Surrey. Uh, and so uh, he had his security and, and I knew who his security are. I got to know who they were over time doing campaigns with him and going to community events. And one of them spotted um, Sonia first. And then another one spotted me from a distance and he waved kind of like, yeah, hi. And in other words, I'm approaching closer. And I think they were getting answered. Okay, hey, why are you getting, you know, you can only stay in a parameter away from John, like you can't get close. Well, then one of them mentioned to John, and then John looked at him like, yeah, like, shoot, go. Like, told his security, like, it's fine, go. Like, and he leaned over the stage and they're like, what? And he goes, my friends are here. Oh. Uh-huh. And he pushed, yeah, he pushed the security away. Like, hey, like, you know, that was like, like who cares? And he goes, hi. He goes, my friends are here. He goes, how are you both doing? And he shakes, shakes a hand. He goes, uh, he goes, I said, it's COVID time. He goes, yeah, <laughs> whatever, right? He's like, good to see you. And I go, what brings you here? I go, well, I heard about the SkyTrain. Yeah, of course. You know, it's all like, hurrah, hurrah, like, I'm here. Yeah, campaign because of that. Well, what it was, it was like getting, people already knew who he was, but he was campaigning on it. And then he had called an election after, like it was campaigning. Yeah. But yeah, I said, we were living in this new place. Oh, okay. Well, careful because these corporate landlords, they can take advantage. They could take advantage of people. I go, no, no, it's a good management. I, oh, okay. Well, if you say they're good management. Well, how did I know that they were not good management? No. They had an agenda to flip it over. And I said, no, like I said, no, like it's fine. I said, 
we, we can live in there because we have this, we have this uh, income su supplement from you guys. Well, here, that's the thing, right? Uh, you know, we're going to be client clawing it off, like taking it back and then eventually phasing it out. Oh, but we're good. Don't worry. We're going to be bringing it back, like part of it back. And I said, well, you know, we'll, we'll be fine living there. Uh, he said, okay, you, you'll be fine living where you're, you know, where you are, you're in a good spot. So and that's when media, I said, well, why don't they take it away? What happens? I said, well, we'd have to move. And then he goes, I will keep advocating forward. I'm the only person on the, on the committee uh, in the caucus that, that, that can do it. I'm only one voice. And that's the thing. I'm only one voice. He said, yeah, there are other people, policymakers around. And what I didn't know at the time, if I could just go back and like uh, back to the future in the time yeah. and uh, go back there and go, oh, really? You didn't know. Actually, the fact is he didn't know. His hands were tied. His hands were tied. And that's one thing I've learned, too, is that a lot of them that want to make change, the system won't let them do it. But can I tell you something? That yeah. then, they, then they all have dirty hands. Yeah, exactly. Because you know? here, here's the thing. Is that there was a uh, there was a recommendation that was put out there with all a bunch of them, and one of the recommendations that came out right around just after the election started was it got released out saying bring back that amount and make it permanent. And I didn't know that, and then then I got onto Twitter and I did my started doing my Twitter spaces, and I started seeing this this message floating around, and I'm like, oh wow! So then every so often, even to this date, I actually post it <laughs> out again. To remind them it's one of the recommendations that's actually in there and mm -hmm. it's about reforming rents income bringing back supplement and this goes with every province i'm sure there's different mandates that are actually buried in there somewhere that yeah. are telling the government that that these things measures have to be done they just haven't got around to it it usually two three years four years then they go oh look what we're doing yeah. yeah by then people are suffering they don't need to be suffering in whatever province you are in Canada, even back in the Maritimes, uh, in the Atlantic provinces, my gosh, Jennifer, I, their rates are so deplorable. Oh, oh I know. Really I don't know how they even get by out there. Um, it's so sad. Like, and that's like I say, that's an income inequality and that has to change too. So yeah, it's um, so many changes, but all we can do is carry our voices forward, putting pressure pressure and, and, and recognizing and making the MPs, MLAs, MPPs, whoever it is, premiers, prime minister, opposition, critics, I don't care who they are, listen to us, putting pressure, put pressure on your bosses, your bosses and your bosses, yeah. let's get it yeah. done. Keep reminding, Absolutely. keep reminding them that we're here because you're going to be, you're, you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing that on Monday with uh, Sheila Malcolmson. Exactly. You know, and, and you know, I say pink unicorn here, pink unicorn there, <laughs> yeah. there, That's everywhere. Yeah. Me on Friday with our health minister. She's going to hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you, know, in, in the, you know, in the meantime, they study the hell out of this derb. Uh, you, know, um, you know, I mean, not derb, but C22. Bring in derb. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they won't, though. They, they no, won't. They won't. But, but they, won't. They, they should, but they won't. They should well, do the right um, what do they say about in the if you're going to quote scripture or bring a pastor into it in the Bible it states that a rich man will have a, the same kind of thing as as a camel going through a needle the eye of a needle right <laughs> yeah yeah you know what I'm, you know yeah. what I'm yeah yeah. yeah.
So really all these people making decisions about us, most of them won't make it if you believe in that to the, to the, to the next world because the path is narrow. It and is, yeah. these people are not remembering all of the people that they're supposed to be, that they've taken and made an oath. And this is yeah. to and to Justin Trudeau. You guys made an oath to do your job, to treat everyone, every Canadian as equal. Yeah. And you are not doing your job. See, what so one thing always brought to my, my attention too is that we are, in a sense, and some people say, no, no, no. Like they would argue this point, but in a sense, like we are the government. If you think about it, like we are the government, we elect them, them meaning the official uh, uh, party or representatives. And we tell them to go out, this is what we want done. This is what we want done. If you can't do what we, why we elected you or do the best you can, Mm -hmm. then yeah like you need to then drop off like because it's like we we're you know it's like sure they represent the income on our behalf they represent all policies yeah but we didn't elect them to put in corrupted policies either that's right and right. they've crumble eventually yeah they will crumble yeah. yeah they will they will crumble to down to the ground on that don't. note yes <laughs> Well, you know what, Jennifer, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a great pleasure. So, but before, you know, before we uh, call it a, a, a day, um, what ending notes would you like to, what like to say to everybody, um, our closing remarks, and then I'll pass it to Neil and then and to myself. Sure. My yeah, closing... I'll have, have you back first. I'll have to have yeah. you back part two coming up. I would love it. I would be yeah. honored. Um, my closing thing is if you see any oppression with whether it's an indigenous person or a disabled person and you are a witness to it, please, please step up because we are needing allies right now. We are needing strong allies that will hold our government parties and the people like Carla Quantro and Justin Trudeau accountable. So if you are an ally, you have a voice. You know someone with a voice who is of high influence, please get them to step up and let our government know that this is not acceptable. That's what I would appreciate. And thank you for having me, you guys. This is super nervous, but I think it, I did okay. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, fun. It's, it's always it's always nerve-wracking sometimes on some perspective <laughs> of it because it's like, well, how how do I, you know, how do I how am I gonna yeah. be on there? I one thing I've learned is you just be yourself. I always say that that Brent's so intimidating, right? So I'm just intimidating. Oh, no. <laughs> Brent's great. It's you, Neil. You're the intimidating one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> it's off to you now, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer, and I, I will um, we'll schedule a time to have you back on um, after for sure. Thanks okay, so much. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good segment. And uh, yeah, I just think it's important, again, like, like we were talking all show is, is we know that the C-22 is important. I mean, we, we've talked about almost a thousand days. But I mean, like I said, let's be real. It's, it's been a lot more than a thousand days. It's been three or four decades. And it's it's the provincial governments that are responsible. It's not it's not the federal government that that's, that's responsible for that. It's the provincial governments that are responsible for that. And, um, you know, they, they need to step up 
while we're all waiting for the C-22, I mean, all these provincial governments should have three or four decades ago done the right thing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like with all these clawbacks and pink unicorns, I mean, yeah. I've always said like the pink unicorns need to die. So, yeah, you know, that's my closing statement. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, thanks, Neil. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of uh, continue on that topic of the, uh, for my closing statement on that part where you're right. Uh, you know, provincial governments are responsible for their citizens in each province. Right. I mean, great if a federal government's going to come out with a program, a national program as a top up to the existing provincial government programs. That's that's fantastic. However, people need that now, right? They don't, they needed it decades ago, you know, exactly like they needed this three, four decades ago. I mean, we could probably go back even further. Mm -hmm. But going forward, they need it now. If you're going to promise federal government, you know, Justin Trudeau, Carla Quantrill, all of you, if you're going to promise something, Right? And they're not delivering. Well, then do more pressure on them. Why? Why are Why are they delaying this? Like, why can you not put an emergency supplement in place? I mean, in reality, yeah, you're probably not going to want it. I mean, the, I mean, yeah, Christopher Freeland. I mean, people have asked you put a derb out there. If you don't want derb stands for it's a disability emergency response benefit. Remember, sir, right? How fast did you get that out there? You got out really quickly. Why? Because people needed help. Disabled people need help. Why are they not citizens of Canada? I mean, are we not? Do we? We're, do we not live in Canada? I mean, we're not supposed to take care of one another. I mean, during, especially during hard times. Well, we're in a crisis. We're in a financial crisis because provincial governments are not keeping up with their with their legislative requirements. Yeah. Okay. They're not keeping up with with food. They're not keeping up with with the cost of housing. Everything that a person has a right to have, they're not keeping up with it. Provincial governments have the legal responsibility to take care of their citizens. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why are we not doing that as as society? So many disabled people, I mean, are reaching out for financial relief uh, by uh, their financial aid, like mutual aid, right? And as you meant, as we talked about earlier, they they're reaching out for mutual aid. Why? Because they're they're needing help. Um, I mean, it, it, every time I turn around, there's mutual aid requests, uh, and they have to hope. They have to hope that, yeah. that somebody will actually help them. They put their Amazon wish list out there. Uh, I've put my Amazon wish list out there. I've asked for mutual aid uh, help. I've got criticized by a few people. Oh, okay. and I'm not mentioned who, right? Yeah. One person says, oh my God, no, don't, don't put it out there. No, no, they're going to claw it off you. Are they? Right on. Go ahead. Try and claw it off me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. It's not going to work. Well, right. the whole thing, the whole system is charity driven anyway. Like, well, they, because they, they want they, they the want, government, the government system itself is charity. So, I mean, they, what, what, what do they expect people to do? Right. Well, well, they want people to go to food banks. Yeah. So that's exactly it. They want to go to food bank, right? Because the food bank is going to help you out. They're going to, they're going to help you. Are they? Yeah. They're going to give you fresh food. Maybe some will. And then this will be another segment. So I'll get into that. About <laughs> that. Uh, that'll be our next uh you know our follow-up uh topics on that but okay. uh i know somebody will be watching that right now i'm watching you brent yeah i know what you advocate on my community hey we'll, we'll talk about that another day on another episode um but food banks are only meant as a temporary measure right just give people the resources that they need let them make the choices that they need that are best for their health do you know they have different health conditions 
people need different dietary see there i go people have different there goes the perfect show yeah dietary supplements right they um they need different foods that are going to be good for their digestion there's foods that i can't eat i love eating and i still eat them peanut butter peanut butter i love peanut butter i still eat it me too eat it my, 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 my system don't like that might be too much, but you know what? I don't care. Why? Because it fills me up. It fills me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, I'm going to be having Jennifer join us uh, for part two, and it could be part three. Sometimes we usually go to part threes, uh, just so you know, FYI on that one. So, yeah, and I'll say this on the next part two, Jennifer, we'll be going to part three. So okay. you'll be... Uh, We'll turn yeah. it into a Harry Potter, Harry Potter's uh, no. series. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> part three, and then we got a special episodes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But with all that being said, as all I'm joking, uh, but I'm serious on that part about part two and part three, though. Um, subscribe to Neil's YouTube channel. Like. Like us, please. Yes. Subscribe, like, share, and stay tuned. And look at my on my uh, Twitter bio. It actually has a link that goes right to the live shows. I forced I, I forced Brent to put that on there now. He That's... did. He twisted my arm. He said, do it, Brent. Brent, do you got to do it. it. Come on. Come yeah. on. <laughs> but it makes it a lot easier. People will click on the go, where do, where do I go to watch it live? Now they click on it. Boom, it goes right there. And now you just have to tab it over. If for some reason, it doesn't go right to the live show. Tab it over to live. Boom, you're watching me live. Oh, it, it should though. If you it should uh, it should, but if for some reason it didn't, oh, you'll see okay. tabs it goes over. But okay. just in case, but uh, stay tuned for the next upcoming uh, guest, and that will be on Thursday. But watch for the watch for the Twitter feed on that, and uh, any announcements on New Neil's YouTube channel because that's where you're going to find the most recent uh, updates and all the live episodes. Breaking with Brent, coffee time with Brent. I love doing that, and yeah, uh, I think I think there's like 232 yeah. videos up on there now. So wow. if people think there's oh, no yeah. content. It's like oh, well, there's, there's, only, there's only 232 videos up there now. So, and uh, and Jen is uh, she's uh, episode 25 now. This will be episode 25. 25. Well, there you but go. Since, since the relaunch, since the relaunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's taken off. You know, so anybody who uh, knows anybody that likes to wants to come on to the show, reach out to us. Reach out to me. Reach out to Neil, and we'll get you scheduled in. Uh, there's the days that that are available are every week as Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. There may be the uh, occasional Sunday, but we really try to focus like Sunday uh, evening. They have they have to bribe us. Have to really bribe for, us for, for a weekend. Yeah, but de- definitely not on Saturday. Saturdays are a no go. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays are a no go. Okay, so uh, but we try to focus on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. Um, sometimes we could be in the morning if somebody wants to come on in the afternoon. And now, uh, if that's if it ends up being like two people on one day, it'd be like an hour episode in the morning, hour in the afternoon. That way, we're not cramming up a lot of it the day, right? But I want to hear from you. Reach out to me. Uh, lived experience um, and. Uh, working together as a communities across the country from coast to coast to coast, we got to make a change, right? We can make a wave across this country saying it's not okay. It's not okay that the way the system is set right now, we can do this. We can make a change. Let's make it happen. 
So thank you, everyone. Until next episode, stay tuned and watching for the next Breaking with Brent, Coffee Time with Brent. And our next guests will be coming up soon. Stay tuned. Over and out.